Hey there, welcome to this bonus episode for paid subscribers of Rethinking Wellness. I'm Christy, and in this episode, I'm answering audience questions about how to navigate a friendship with a naturopath while trying to reject diet and wellness culture yourself, which really applies to any friends and family members who are steeped in wellness culture, how to avoid getting sucked into wellness culture's anti-aging advice, especially as someone with a history of disordered eating, how to deal with pre-wedding body image struggles, and lots more. This episode is a recording of the August Q&A for members of my Intuitive Eating Fundamentals course, which is enrolling a new cohort now, and you can learn more about that and sign up for the course at christyharrison.com slash course. That's christyharrison.com slash course. This is a free preview of a longer episode for paid subscribers, and in this clip, you'll hear me answer the question about dealing with a naturopath friend's comments about toxins, clean eating, etc., and I'll also read the question about anti-aging. Now, without any further ado, here's the first question. All right. First question is from an anonymous attendee who says, I'm finally going through the process of rejecting diet culture and wellness culture after being sucked into it for quite a while, even while completing my degree in nutrition and dietetics. Wondering if you've written anything in your book or elsewhere about how to navigate friendships while rejecting diet and wellness culture. One of my good friends is a naturopath who is now calling herself a nutritionist as well, which annoys me given my education. But unfortunately, the title of nutritionist is not regulated in Australia. She's hugely steeped in wellness culture and especially quote-unquote clean eating, although for health, not weight. It feels so hard to continue the friendship listening to all the clean slash chemicals slash nasties slash toxic talk. She is so lovely though, and I truly value her friendship. Many thanks for any advice or posts you could refer me to. I honestly posted on Insta about your kids in the long shadow of clean eating podcast today. And afterward discovered this friend had posted about a quote unquote clean orange cake. And I felt awful as though I was attacking her. Thanks also for your podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you so much for this question. I'm so glad that you're enjoying the podcast as well and and my work. Um, and this is something that you know comes up a lot. And I don't, I can't think of a specific post or place I've written about it, but I, I feel like I've written about it many times in different ways. Because um, I think what it really comes down to is setting boundaries, right? So like setting boundaries with your friends and family on what kind of talk you want to have with them, what kind of subjects you feel comfortable engaging in, and what kind of subjects maybe you can say, you know what, let's not go there for a while. I think it can be helpful with if you're comfortable, and this sounds like it's a, a fairly close friend, someone that you might be comfortable sharing your own history with, just to say a little bit about like, I've struggled in my own relationship with food. I'm finally working on healing it and um, letting go of diet and wellness talk is a really big part of that for me. So, you know, in order to sort of facilitate my recovery, I just would love to, if we can, try to avoid talking about that kind of stuff together. And, you know, if this friend asks for more information, you could go into a little bit more detail because she's a naturopath and now calling herself a nutritionist. I would. Imagine that maybe she has struggled with and slash maybe is still struggling with some of her own disordered eating as well. And for many people in that boat, I know for myself back in the day when I was really steeped in wellness culture and diet culture, I didn't consider myself as having an eating disorder or disordered eating, even though at various points, I definitely would have met the criteria for an eating disorder. I didn't really think about the perspective of people with disordered eating and how certain things that I was doing or conveying 
would have landed with them. And, you know, there are a few things that I have a good friend who's struggled with an eating disorder for a long time, who back then was, was struggling already and was sort of working in recovery and said something to me about like calorie labels can be really problematic for people who, who have eating disorders. What do you think about that? And at the time, you know, this was like, 12 years ago or something, I had been working in the part of the health department that was promoting calorie labeling. And so I was sort of invested in that idea. And to hear her say that just made me think of things in a different way. It made me think, oh, maybe this isn't universally helpful for people. Maybe not everybody needs to count calories, you know? And it it stuck in my head and I'm still remembering it however many years later, right? But it didn't necessarily change things overnight for me. It didn't necessarily cause me to question the whole premise immediately, but it did plant a seed. And that is another thing I talk about a lot is planting seeds, you know, sort of saying something that might spark some thoughts or uh, help help this seed germinate and maybe grow for someone that people do struggle with disordered eating, that not everybody is on board with diet and wellness culture premises, that you know, seeing something about, clean eating in your feed might be might be triggering to you. You don't have to get into so many specifics. You don't necessarily have to say to this friend, you know, when I saw your clean orange cake, uh, that's an example of what I'm talking about, right? But you can sort of talk in general terms about what has been you know, difficult for you or hurtful for you, or on the flip side, what has been helpful for you in your recovery. And I think that will start to plant some seeds for, for people who are ready to hear it. Obviously, you know, there's a, a level of readiness that needs to be there. And like for me, this, you know, whatever it was, maybe it was 15 years ago at this point, you know, this friend saying this thing didn't change my point of view. And I was still pretty dug in to diet and wellness culture, but I think it was just one little rock with which the avalanche eventually started to fall. Right. So give it time, understand that your friend might not be in a place to really hear this and she might have her own stuff going on and especially professional identity being wrapped up in diet and wellness culture, I think makes it really hard for people to let go sometimes and and they can feel really invested. But I think just showing her an example of another way, another potential path that she could take, maybe talking a little bit about intuitive eating and how it's been helpful to you or how questioning wellness culture's rhetoric has been helpful to you could plant a seed. As for social media, you know, I think sometimes the best approach there just to avoid having that kind of stuff show up in your feed is to like mute the person or unfollow if you can do that without them seeing you, right? But I think muting is a good way to preserve a friendship when you don't want to necessarily see something that somebody else is sharing. And to whatever extent you feel capable, you can have really direct conversations with people. But I find that that can be tough and not everybody likes having direct conversations in the first place. Not everybody feels equipped to do that anyway, regardless of the subject. And then when it's a subject that's really personally important to you like this and that you're potentially still struggling with and still navigating yourself, it can be an added layer of difficulty to have to have a really direct conversation. So I think sometimes muting or unfollowing or like changing the subject with you when you're in person rather than necessarily directly addressing it can also be helpful. But for the people that you're close with and, and have enough of a relationship that you feel safe sharing your own history, I do encourage doing just that, You know, sharing what you've gone through and how it's been um, difficult for you struggling with disordered eating and some of the things that you've found helpful in your recovery. Okay. And this one was Let's see. This one came in previously. Hello. In addition to the course, I very much enjoyed listening to Christy and reading her substacks. I was wondering if the topic of anti-aging as it overlaps with wellness culture and all the restrictions about diet, promise, longevity, and health 
may be covered or if Christy has already spoken and written on this topic. For middle-aged adults with eating disorders, it is kind of a wellness trap. You've been listening to a free preview of this episode. To hear the rest and get tons more bonus content, become a paid subscriber by going to rethinkingwellness.substack.com. That's rethinkingwellness.substack.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.